1: Landing page optimization expert, Tim Ash, is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now, here's your host, Tim Ash.
2: Welcome, everyone. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And today, we're continuing our series of thought leader interviews in the landing page optimization space, and I'm very fortunate to have Brian Clark on the show. Now, you may not know Brian by that kind of generic name, but uh, you probably know him as copyblogger.com. He writes a a very influential blog. He's a 10-year veteran of internet publishing and marketing, and His companies and affiliate efforts uh, produce millions of dollars in annual revenue, Uh, and I'm very happy to have him here for the show. Hi, Brian. Hey, Tim. How are you? I'm glad to be here. Yeah, doing very well. So I know you've had an eventful summer off playing in Colorado with the family. It's uh, almost Labor Day, back-to-work time.
3: Yeah, I tried to do a little bit of work there, but as I think you know, uh, it was very little, so (laughs) it was a good summer. (laughs) And now I'm back in Texas, and it's still hot as can be, which I didn't miss. But, uh, yeah, I got we got a lot of projects working, so it's time to get back to work.
2: Yeah, when I came out to UC, uh, University of California, San Diego, uh, back in the early 80s, yeah, I had these notions of taking my laptop and getting work done at the beach. Uh, that's an interesting concept. It never happened that way.
3: It <laughs> doesn't quite happen <laughs> that way.
2: Well, well uh, again, I'm, I'm very thrilled to, to have you here. I uh, heard you speak. Uh, you did a fantastic solo session at PubCon South in Austin, and it was about uh, writing headlines for the web. Um, or more broadly, writing effective headlines, period, because the web isn't some kind of strange, unique beast, is it?
3: No, and that's uh, interesting you put it that way because I think we've been preaching that on CopyBlogger for four years, which is really, you know, a lot of these things that got, you know, developed and tested, more importantly, as you know, a hundred years ago as far as the kind of headlines that work, the kind of copy that works, um, they still, to a certain degree, as long as you understand why they work, they still work today, whether it be content like for a blog post or an article. Or for a sales page. So we're trying to tell people that, you know, guys like David Ogilvy and even older than that, back to the 1920s, um, these guys did a lot of testing in the direct marketing industry. Back then, they, they primarily did it through magazine ads and stuff like that. Um, but they figured out what works, and it 's still pretty solid today
2: yeah and in fact you know there 's a it's in modern internet marketing there 's interactive agencies they tend to frown on all of the direct marketing and direct response types and all the affiliate and lead generation people, but I think that they 're actually closer to the trenches and and again are seeing what works and have never really left that testing mindset. Would you agree with that
3: yeah absolutely and you know, I, I really don't understand some of the agency opinions like that, but, um, you know, the data doesn't lie. And uh, if you do any sort of split testing, you'll see what works. But the Internet is inherently a direct marketing and direct response environment. We don't, the, the you know, the intermediaries don't matter because people like affiliate marketers can make an incredible living just figuring out what works and then scaling it up. So, yeah, it's, it's a direct marketing environment completely.
2: Yeah, I think – so that's the good news is everything on the Internet is measurable, and we seem to be, as an overall arc, moving towards more accountability. So gone are the days of impressions and branding and say, selling advertising by CPM. Now we're moving in past pay-per-click uh, towards more CPA kind of models, call per, or cost-per-action kind of models.
3: It's interesting because um, I think the Internet just really revealed that the advertising emperor has no clothes. You know, I mean, the way things are sold offline, if you really look at it, there's no accountability. And it's all based on fairy tales, you know, like magazine or newspaper circulation is the basis for the pricing, we know that's not reality. So people are trying to say, well, online advertising doesn't work. Well, most advertising doesn't work. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the, the kind that works is is when you have a measurable response, hence the direct response label, uh, and you can test it. And then you have to do what works better if you want to make any money. It's simple as that. That's
2: right. So uh, you know, and and as you said, there's really kind of nothing new under the sun, and there are pioneers in this area uh, that have been writing about it for decades. Well, actually, m- many of them wrote for decades, and they're now dead, <laughs> but their are yeah. still valid. Uh, one of the pioneers that I was recently introduced to, and the man I think that uh, you uh, think very highly of was Eugene Schwartz. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about him and the, you know his impact on you and your work?
3: Yeah, Eugene Schwartz, I mean, almost no one, know. like someone like David, David Ogilvie um, is pretty well known. But, um, you know, Eugene Schwartz was this uh, copywriter and ad guy, and he also was an entrepreneur. He published self-help books, and he used the, the copywriting techniques he learned or perfected with clients and tested with clients to sell his own books, and, and he made quite a bit of money. But he also wrote this book called Breakthrough Advertising, and uh, I think you have a copy of that. It's not the easiest book to read. His his writing style is very academic. It's a kind that, of ironic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it is. It really is, because now most business books are written as if they're you know with a copywriting mindset to make it easier to read and easier to digest, so it is ironic. But every copywriter I know, everyone who's serious about... You know, online marketing refers back to that book published in the 1960s, and it it's all the fundamentals are still true.
2: Yeah, and by the way, the book itself is very hard to get a hold of. Used copies uh, uh, are in the several hundred dollar range. I I saw recently some kind of I think somebody did a quick and dirty, you know, just scan of every page and was offering it up for sale as a as a, an e-book. Um, but uh, anyway, well, however you're going to get your hands on one, it's definitely worth the trouble to find the original.
3: Yeah, I think now, uh, said- a company called Boardroom has the rights to sell it, and they also bundle it with a bunch of modern copywriters talking uh, you know, with audio interviews about how Schwartz had an effect on them and how they use his principles. It's pretty good. So search for boardroom breakthrough advertising and you'll find it.
2: Mm, thank you. That was very helpful. And can you talk about some other kind of, like say more contemporary uh, copywriting guys that you think are on target?
3: Well, you know, I basically learned from anyone I can, anyone that, you know, I think uh, is demonstrated that they're actually testing or actually making money um, for their clients or for themselves so a lot of you know some of these copywriters are, are more you know hype filled than i am in the IM space yet i learn from them every day and then i just you know make it my own and, and it's all context appropriate i mean the fundamentals are what they are and you can learn these things from the the old guys like schwartz and ogilvy and a guy named claude hopkins with scientific advertising way back um so the fundamentals are basically human psychology. And a lot of our modern psychological and, and brain scan stuff is proving the stuff that these guys basically observed in the real world all those years ago. Um,
2: yeah. One of the uh, my undergraduate majors at UC San Diego was cognitive science, actually, and we're kind of at the crossroads.
3: So, okay, the fundamentals are are there. They're based on human psychology and human nature. These things don't change really fast, if at all. So it's really just the context that's different. So the only difference really between, say, what works in direct mail and what works online is context um, and it's a different environment, and it's a different, you know, person, that's different, okay? So you you take the fundamentals, and you adapt them to a new environment. Then there's also context as far as what kind of audience do you have. So the IM guys are talking to business opportunity people, and so they use a bunch of hype with those fundamentals, Back when I first started with copywriting, I was a lawyer and then in the real estate business, and that was a different context. So really, that's the difference.
2: Oh, very good. So we're going to explore that when we come back after the break, as well as uh, me telling you one of my favorite uh, lawyer jokes. Uh, So this has been uh, LPO, Landing Page Optimization, with Tim Ash, and we'll be back after this brief message.
1: More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment. Hey, affiliates. Do you find it a challenge monetizing traffic from the UK, France, or India? You need offers that will appeal to all of your visitors, no matter where they come from. AdsMarket.com has met this challenge and has turned it into a science. AdsMarket.com gets results for publishers and advertisers with a winning formula. The combination of offers, worldwide traffic, and AdsMarket's up-close and personal media management is exactly the boost needed to monetize international audiences. AdsMarket.com
0: and I approve this message. PPC Rockstars will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. Live broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Welcome back to LPO, landing page optimization. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, with your host, Tim Ash. Uh, this week, I'm talking to Brian Clark from copyblogger.com. And, and uh, before the break, you said that uh, you're a recovering attorney. Uh, and uh, so I have to, of course, do my, my favorite lawyer joke, which is the difference between a, a catfish and a and a, a lawyer. Do you know what that is?
3: Oh, this is a bottom feeder joke, but I can't remember it.
2: <laughs> uh, don't lay it on me. Well, one is a bottom-dwelling scum
3: sucker, and the other one's just a fish. <laughs> so, right. I've heard right. that cool uh, I love all your jokes, uh, by the way, and I especially, especially love telling them now that I'm not one. <laughs> Very good. Well, let's talk about um, the
2: different context. So primarily, I want to focus, there's a lot of uh, landing pages out there. There's a lot of straight registration paths, kind of clear, defined goals that we want people to uh, kind of take once they get to a website. Can you talk about, you know, what's appropriate context when we have this attention uh deficit disorder type of person who lands on your landing page, how should you write and craft your, your headlines and your copy for that context?
3: Right. So, you know, again, regardless, uh, the fundamentals are the same direct response works better than anything I've ever found. And again, it's just how do you address your audience? It's got to be context appropriate. So, but the fundamentals are generally people read headlines uh, about 80% more often than they're going to read anything else. If you don't have a headline, there's a chance they won't read anything at all. So to me, that's a fundamental. Your landing case okay. It has ahead. to
2: have a headline, right? I mean, it's, right. You know, one of the things we talk about is this kind of uh, idea of uh, hierarchy or, or or scoping on a page. And uh, Steve Krug talks about this in his book, uh, Don't Make Me Think. I mean, you know, right. newspaper style, you have to have a headline that spans whatever context it's going to describe,
3: right? And yet most people don't even actually even have a headline often on a page. That's the most common deadly mistake I see. If you don't have a headline, there's a good chance, especially in the pay-per-click environment, that's just silly because you're paying to get someone to look at that page and they're going to hit the back button if you don't catch their attention within a fraction of a second. Okay, um, So a headline ha- not only has to be there, but it has to be a promise that you're going to tell them something that they actually care about. So it's more than just having a headline. Not having one at all is just negligence. <laughs> right. <laughs> then you've got to have one that's good in that it tells a, it's a beneficial promise. It says, "I'm going to tell you this in exchange for your attention." And it relates to whatever it is you're actually trying to accomplish, the ultimate action that you want them to take.
2: And then uh, one of the things we talk about after the headline, again, this is just in terms of the structure and the format of the page, we usually recommend just three to five supporting bullet points that get your value proposition across. And these should be short little one-liners instead of writing in paragraph style. Is that kind of an approach that you agree with?
3: Well, um, let me back up just a second because there there was some interesting um, testing done by the guys over at at. A future now, um, you know Brian and Jeffrey Eisenberg and all those guys, right. uh, mm-hmm. colleagues of so Good friends of mine. Know, yeah, yeah. So Jeff Sexton, who writes for them, did a great post about how the Dave, David Ogilvy style uh, magazine advertisement. It, it's called that because it was just so trademark of of him, and it was basically a picture that tells us that that tells the story that your copy tells then a headline that continues the story, and then into the copy, right? And it was written more like an article than it was, uh, it, you know, this is the, really the genesis of the advertorial, except back in those days, he just crushed it with them because they were brand new. But what mm-hmm. Sexton, you know, revealed was that that picture still plays a critical role, and that's something I'm not seeing a lot. Not, people aren't using visuals, and when they do, I and I've been doing this and I'm reconsidering it, but they use the visuals underneath the headline instead of leading with it. So think about visual elements as well on your landing pages because we process that immediately. Our eyes go to it immediately. And if it's a good if the picture does a good job of reinforcing the story you're trying to tell, you're going to convert higher. So mm-hmm. I would think about pictures and headlines first.
2: Well, so the picture, to, uh, you know, is worth a thousand words. We had an advertisement that we ran for uh, another old company of mine, and it was about um, how ineffective most uh, job boards were when plugged into a site. You know, your HR section with your job listings on your site. And so we had was a picture of this kind of frumpy old British gentleman holding up his nose at a at a plate with uh, smelly blue cheese on it, and the the tagline wa- below it was how many of your job applicants are you turning away you know, so ah, nice. kind of the, the 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 picture you know even me describing the picture to you right now was much uh, was was a perfect lead in into
3: the headline and that's exactly the idea that's a great example
2: uh, so uh, it, you know visuals are kind of dangerous uh, we we've put out our new attention wizard uh product to kind of uh predict where someone is going to look uh, during the first few seconds of interacting with a landing page. Uh, And definitely people, pictures, and uh, photorealistic images are going to draw the eye, but they can also be something that distracts from the call to action. So you have to use gratuitous graphics,
3: right? Yeah. No, absolutely. So many people make that mistake, too. They, They do it, you know, with bogus headlines, too, you know. If there's not congruency in a great match, in a, in a perfect, seamless story, you're wasting your time. You, attention for attention's sake is worse than no attention sometimes, because someone might you might annoy someone, and they'll actually go tell someone. You're really trying to avoid that. <laughs> yeah, so when we
2: call, uh, in terms of, so getting back to the copy on the page, if I look at a direct response page, and we have something that I'm internally here for I hope I'm not being too heretical, we call the whole trinity. Uh, it's the headline of the page, uh, the subheadline of the call-to-action block, which is usually a, a you know, colored block with a pastel background right. that kind of draws the eye in, and then the actual call-to-action button and the text of that. So those three, like you say, have to have congruency. Then you can't, If
3: Most people, if you read their pages, there's no relationship among those things. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, everyone needs, I use, you know, we talk about stories a lot just because stories are such effective persuasion tools. Because essentially, when you tell a story, people like stories. We're wired to love stories. But also, when you, you tell a story and someone identifies with that story, that means you told a good story. But it also means that they persuaded themselves you're right rather than feeling like you persuaded them. That's very powerful. Yeah,
2: in fact, I want to explore this after we come back from break, because you told me a story just before we went live on the air, and, it, and it, you know, it, it painted a great picture in just a few words, but I would say stories are the only way to convey information, that all this stuff, all this hardware that we have in our brain for rational processing and uh, is really kind of new and, and largely untested, and it's not really how we
3: make decisions, is it? Absolutely. Now, it's interesting because, you know, it's an old saw that, you know, we buy according to emotion and then we justify, you know, we decide to buy by emotion and then we justify or rationalize with logic. Um, there, there's new studies, psychology um, studies that show that we're happier when we use emotion to make decisions than, you know, pure price shopping, for example. Uh, they, it was a fascinating study. Um, that showed that we actually are happier with ourselves when we're moved by emotional copy to make a decision rather than searching for the best deal online or something like that. It's really interesting. And I think that tells us a lot about the kind of copy we need to write.
2: Terrific. Well, Brian, we're going to pause for another break here. And when we come back, I want you to tell your story about uh, that bank teller. Uh, This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO landing page optimization. And, uh, Stay tuned through these commercial messages. We'll be back with Brian Clark from copyblogger.com.
1: More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment.
2: at BruceClay.com
0: Here's your bill. to demand i'm telling you this network is recession proof revenue wire the recession proof network platform for more information visit revenuewire.com today that's revenuewire.com
1: how do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with the answer is simple markethealth.com where health and wealth connect
0: mobile presence, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash.
2: And we're back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, and Brian. Before we went live on the air, you told me kind of a, a funny story. Uh, could you uh, replay that for our, our listeners?
3: Yeah, that, it was really humorous, kind of a, a shocking thing to me. But uh, okay, so I was gone all summer, and um, you know, we we sell our own products. That's our primary business model. But I also do affiliate marketing through various sites. So I had a whole bunch of checks that had piled up over the summer, and I hate going to the bank anyway. I, I like money sent to me automatically, and when people don't do that, I have to go take the checks. So I got this stack of checks, and I go to the bank and, you know, go up to the to the teller, um, actually through the drive-thru, which was even more interesting. So the checks all go in, and they're all ma- made out to Copyblogger LLC, and the bank teller goes, oh, you're a copyblogger. I mean, you know, in my town of 70,000 people, that's about equal to the amount of people that read my blog, you know, so, <laughs> you know, I'm not used to being recognized out just wandering around, so I'm sitting there going, oh, this is kind of awkward, simply because it's it's surprising to be recognized, but then she's holding a stack of your checks and looking at your bank records, and your, all my companies are on her screen right there. And I'm just like, wow, she knows a lot about me right now. Wait, and then this lady was actually in the field. She was both a copywriter and a blogger, right? Right. So uh, in addition to her job as a teller, <laughs> she, uh, she's a blogger, has a couple blogs, and uh, she also is a uh, copywriter. And here's the kicker. She's, <laughs> she literally asked me for a job. Through the little <laughs> intercom. just <laughs> like where's like, you know, yeah, it
2: sounds like a Jack in the Box commercial. Oh man! <laughs> All right, well, let's um, let's talk a little bit about specific headlines. I, I, I want to touch on this. For more detailed information, I encourage everybody to read your blog. It's fantastic, copyblogger.com. dot com. But specifically, if you go to copyblogger.com slash magnetic dash headlines. Uh, you'll see some of the advice you have on writing irresistible headlines. Can we go through some of kind of your, you know, for lack of a better word, templated approaches that work and have been time-tested? I know you're not supposed to just insert your own stupid shit into a template and hope it's going to work, but this is as close to a good framework as you're going to get out of the box, right?
3: Right, and and yeah, I I've, we've done, I think, three or four of these, you know, there are, they're designed to be learning vehicles, where we take a classic headline, um, you know, present it as a template because you can use them that way if you understand how they work. Um, unfortunately, there are people who are too lazy to understand why they work, and then they write really terrible headlines based on you know one that worked really well in the past. Um, so it's more than just dropping keywords in the blank. You have to know why it works, and then when you do that. You don't really need to use a template anymore. I mean, I I have all these different processes that I try to teach people how to write headlines with, but honestly, once you get good at it from practicing, you don't think about that anymore. You just know it's – you're never sure that it's an absolutely going to work headline, but you've got a pretty good idea, Mm -hmm. and that's really it comes from. So, again, people like
2: short-bulleted lists, uh, seven ways to do blank, blank, blank. So, can you give us your three top – Headline templates.
3: Yeah. Okay. So the the numbered list thing you see, you know, is it is so humorous to me that people new to social media, blogging, online marketing, whatever, um, believe that we invented the numbered list as <laughs> when it's been used by magazine publishers for, you know, more than a century, you know, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> and it keeps working, you know, go pick up an issue of Cosmo or really any magazine and those are professional copywriters who write those headlines and they're still writing numbered headlines to this day and they still sell magazines because they work and the interesting Thing behind the numbered headline is it works because it's very specific and specificity is one of the golden rules of headline writing. The more specific you are as opposed to vague and clever like some people try to be um, the more your response will generally be because you're It's again it goes back to a promise I'm promising to tell you this and the more specific you are with that promise i.e. 12 ways to do X um is going to work. Now, another thing about using ways with the number is you really—that's really a how-to post without using the words how-to, and how-to is also a classic headline that never stops working. Mm-hmm. But the the number is more specific than how-to, and um, so and you're also conveying usefulness, which is another golden rule of the headline. It's got to be useful. It's got to be urgent. It's got to be ultra specific, and you know the, you start hitting all these and you hitting unique all these elements. And, you, the other well, yeah, and the other, yeah, and the unique thing is what throws people off. Either the subject matter has to be unique, in, while also demonstrating value, um, or the, the most powerful thing is just the curiosity thing. So, let me give you an example of a, of a very specific headline that just kills it on the headline. I mean, on the uh, curiosity factor. And it's uh, – I've demonstrated these headlines on Copyblogger time and time again, and they're, they'll hit the Dig home page. They'll get 500 comments, you know, and then people still later are like, I don't know, do these still work? <laughs> <laughs> so right. here's one. This this headline, when back when it was developed for a home study, it was a correspondent course way back in like the 40s or something. Um, for grammar and writing. And the headline that they came up with was, do you make these mistakes in English? And they ran that article for something like 20 years, something like that. They could never come up with an ad that beat it. Wow. I mean, it was it wasn't even that great a course. It, and they sold so, <laughs> so, so many of them based on the ad. It, it was just a home run. So the, why does that work? Okay, number one, it says, do you make these? Okay, the word these... Is, is that essential element of the of the promise that says, I'm going to tell you what these mistakes are. Right but it's a
0: mystery,
2: here. too. Yeah.
3: It's a mystery, and the second no, element that White works so well is the word mistakes, or you, you can spin it a different way and say, don't do these 12 things when writing headlines, which is a post we did a week ago, and it crushed it. You know, I mean, it still works. It always works, but... The psychology behind the mistake thing is interesting. Uh, They did a psychological study that showed that uh, with firefighters, they learned safety techniques by being taught what not to do instead of being told what to do. And they actually backed that up with uh, less injuries, less incidents, all that kind of thing. So we tend, the way we're wired, our brain wants to know what not to screw up more than we want to know what to positively do.
2: So pain avoidance, and as they say in, uh, in advertising, uh, fear is a better motivator than greed. So saying, you know, I'm going to make you rich is not as as compelling as, say, I'm going to cut your leg off uh, if you don't do
3: this. Um, and they they yeah, think in the financial. financial.
2: Self-preservation is, is an important right. consideration.
3: <laughs> Often in the, in, when you're selling financial services or, or financial newsletters, and that's generally to an older demographic, And, you know, it's not about getting rich most of the time. It's more like, you know, if you don't, pay attention to this, you're going to lose all your money. I mean, that's uh, a... Well, Well,
2: well, very good. Unfortunately, I mean, uh, I know that you you and I could just probably talk about this kind of stuff for hours, and if you're willing to do it, I would love to have you back on the show and explore some more of these specific uh, headline construction and other copywriting techniques. Uh, But unfortunately, we're out of time. I just want to know if you are going to be speaking at any upcoming conferences because I strongly urge our listeners to make their way over to one
3: and hear you. Well, to answer your first question, I'll be happy to come back anytime. I love your book. I love your stuff. Um, I love your testing because I like to test, but I don't like to do it myself. So I look to people <laughs> like you. You know, I'll come up with the ideas. You tell me which ones suck. <laughs> you know, fair enough. Um, but uh, as far as conferences, let's see. I will be at um, Isaiah which is kind of a blogging deal in Orlando. At the beginning of October, then Blog World, in the middle of October, then I'm going to a new conference called Audience that's going to be in New York City, and that's in November. Um, I don't know about PubCon yet, and then at the beginning of the year I will be keynoting Affiliate uh, Summit West in Las Vegas. And uh, do you have you read the book Influence?
2: Let's Absolutely. Robert Cialdini's book is, is another one of those masterworks. Uh, yeah,
3: you've got to read that book too and get Schwartz's book. But he is keynoting with me at Affiliate Summit, and I'm just so thrilled that, you know, to be on the same bill with that guy because he, he's taught me a lot of stuff.
2: No kidding. Yeah, Sean Collins did. but That was a real coup. I mean, I know he's got some kind of more uh, celebrity types, but this guy is the real deal, and, and he's going to deliver, I'm sure, an excellent keynote along with you. Well, terrific. Thanks again, Brian. Uh, Brian Clark, his blog, is, his very popular blog is copyblogger.com. And this has been LPO, Landing Page Optimization, with your host, Tim Ash. Tune in next time with more provoking thought leadership interviews and techniques for increasing your conversion rates.